Hey everyone, welcome to Omega Voice, our podcast led by Apostle Andrew Asari, the presiding apostle of Omega Churches and senior pastor of Omega Church Center. Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you are listening from, we hope that this message inspires and encourages your faith. Dear Lord, we want to thank you this afternoon. We want to thank you for your grace. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the anointing that you've made available for us this afternoon. We thank you for Omega Church Center. We thank you for all the wonderful things that you have wrought and done in our lives that you're doing even today. We ask that, Lord, the spirit of grace, the spirit of strength will be our portion. Even as we get into the word of God, let the word of God empower us and strengthen us and bring us to the place that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Psalms in Psalm 84. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts, my soul longeth yea, even fainter for the cause of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow have found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thy altars, O Lord. God of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Amen? Amen. When we dwell in God's house, we will be praising God. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a place where in life there are circumstances that are unfavorable. Unfavorable circumstances. Isn't that right? Unfavorable circumstances. Not, not all circumstances in life are favorable. And once in a while, you come into a collision course with very unfavorable situations and unfavorable circumstances. Everybody say unfavorable circumstances. circumstances. Those are circumstances that we don't enjoy. Those are circumstances that um, present to us storms and trials and tests and difficulties and, 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 and bitter experiences and, and frustrating experiences, experiences that seem to... Uh, spell out um, lack of progress, lack of advancement. Um, we don't even see the way forward. We don't see the light at the end of the, of the tunnel. Those are circumstances that most people face, or we all have to face one way or the other, one point in time or the other. But the Bible says those who dwell in God's house, will still be what? Praising him. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still. You have to understand the phrase there. They will be what? Still praising God. Praising God. They will be praising God anyway. Irrespective of unfavorable situations and negative situations and negative circumstances. Things that don't seem to jive with what we think should be. Things that don't seem to line up with what we even expect it should be. Things that don't seem to uh, present themselves as, as even God's way, God's will, God's plan, God's purposes for our lives. Those things come our way. But God it says that if we dwell in his house, our focus will not be on the, on, the, on the storms of life. Our focus will not be on the negative, unfavorable circumstances of life. But we will stay in God's house, and what we will still be doing is that we will be praising God. We will what? Be praising God. We praise God not because everything is okay. We praise God not because we have situations that are favorable, or things are well, or things are going the way we expect it to be. Um, But we praise God because we dwell in his house, we dwell in his presence, and because God has not changed and God is still God, And as long as God exists and we exist, we must be praising him. We must be what? Praising him. Irrespective of favorable or unfavorable circumstances, we are still there to praise him. Now, God wants to lift us to another level. It is a rima for this season. It's a rima for this year and the the years to come. It's a rima for this year. It's a rima for next year. People think that... um, when we say God is moving, then, then everything is just going to be smooth sailing. No opposition, no resistance. No. Uh, the greater God's works are, 
demonstrated and performed, the greater the resistance, the greater the opposition, the greater the blessing, the greater the tests, uh, the greater the challenges, the greater the victories. Amen? If God wants to put testimonies in our mouths and testimonies in our way and bring us into a higher level, then we are going to have opposing forces and opposing circumstances that will try to resist the purposes of God. But we will need all that God will want to give us to be able to get to that level. Amen. When we're talking, to, when we're talking about the next level, we're talking about the next level in God's plan, the next level in God's purposes, the next level in his blessings for us, the next level in his, pros, in, in his provision for us, the next level of his grace, the next level of his authority and power, the next level of, of the resources that he has in store for us, the next level of the assignment that he has for us here on earth. Amen. So God, that's what God is talking to us about. But uh, the key is that we will stay in God's house. And as we stay in God's house, it's not going to be about what we're going through. It's not going to be about what we are faced with. It's not going to be about favorable conditions or unfavorable conditions. It's going to be about praising God. Because God is mighty and God is great. And God is still working wonders among his people. And he needs to be praised because he's a king. Amen. That's verse 4. Verse 5 says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. Hallelujah. God will have to prove himself so strong on the behalf of those who diligently seek him, and he's doing that, and he's going to do that more. Uh, here is why. Uh, we live in a world where people have confidence in their own strength. They have confidence in their own smartness. They have confidence in their own intelligence. But people have confidence in their own resources. People have confidence in their money. They have confidence in their riches. And so nobody else matters. You know, people have confidence in so many things. But the Bible says that blessed is the man. Blessed are they. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, whose heart are the ways of them. Uh, God is going to show the world that our strength in this, our strength in our intelligence, our strength in our money, our strength in our wealth, our strength in our skills and our talents, uh, our strength in all that we think we have will not get us anywhere. What matters is those who have their strength in the Lord. Those whose strength is the Lord. David says in Psalm 27 verse 1. He says in Psalm 27. He says that the Lord is the strength of my life. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Psalm 27. If you will. Because this message is taking us somewhere. Hallelujah. Psalm 27. It's one of the fine Psalms that David gave us. Right? Okay, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If the Lord is your strength, if the Lord is your strength, if the Lord is your light and your salvation, if the Lord is your light, you know, God represents light. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of light. Is that right? True or false? So the kingdom of God is the kingdom of light. And the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of Satan is the kingdom of darkness, right? And we know that darkness cannot comprehend the light. Darkness can never, never overcome the light. In the, in the, in the midst of thick darkness, one little flicker of light diffuses the darkness. Now, if the Lord is your light and your salvation... There's no darkness that can overwhelm you. There's no darkness that can swallow you up. Because the Lord is your light. The Lord is my light, my salvation. And the Bible says, the Lord is the strength of my life. David says, the Lord is the what? strength of my life. If you look at the life of David, it's awesome and amazing how God was able to use David to subdue all the enemies of God and the aliens that came against the people of God. Or in the days of David, 
he subdued all the surrounding nations and beat them small and overcame each one of them. And the Bible says that in Israel, every man dwelt under his vine and under his fig tree. That means they had peace all around. David says that that strength, that conquering strength, that victorious ability did not come from his own strength. The Lord was his strength, and the Lord was his light, and the Lord was his deliverer. The word salvation here means deliverer. Amen. The Lord is my light and my deliverer. The Lord is my shield. He's the strength of my life. Now here is what God wants to do for us to get into the next level. For us to get into the next level, we will have to believe God for strength. The word power also here means strength. Amen? So look at verse, back to Psalm 84. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. Amen. Your heart are the ways of God's strength. You know the ways of God. And you know the ways of his strength and his power. Everybody say power. Verse 6 says, Who pass into the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. I want you to note verse 7. Note verse 7. They go from strength to what? Strength. That means from one level to another level. From one degree to the other. Amen? They grow from what? Strength to strength. And every one of them appear before... uh, Every one of them in Zion appear before God. Now, this passage is quite loaded. It presents to us each one of them. Each one of them, that is, as individuals, the people in Zion, the people... Of God, we belong to Zion. Is that right? According to Hebrews chapter 12, we have come to Mount what? Zion. We belong to Zion. We belong to Jerusalem. We belong to the heavenly Jerusalem. Now, first of all, every individual person that belongs to Zion will grow from strength to what? Strength. From power to power. From grace to to grace, from provision to provision, from health to health, from wisdom to wisdom, from talent to talent, from opportunity to opportunities. So every one of us, you have to understand, God's saying something here. He's, first of all, he's dealing with us as individuals. And then secondly, he's dealing with us as a corporate body, that as a corporate body in Zion, the church who grow from strength to strength, grace to grace, power to power, authority to authority, resource to resource. I want us to hear the word of God because in these last days, if you don't hear God's word, if you don't hear what God is saying, your heart will faint. You're ne- you, you, we are the people of God and we have to understand that we have to know what God is saying, receive what God is saying, believe what God is saying, and walk with what God is saying. That's the only way out. You know, the Bible says the word of God is lamp for our feet and light for our what? Path. When we say God is light, the Lord is the light. His God is, the, is my light and my salvation. We are saying that his word will provide that light, that direction. His word will permeate the darkness, consume the darkness. Darkness represents uh, all the negative things of life and the storms of life and the unfavorable circumstances. But the word of the living God will consume that darkness. The word that God gives us, the rima that God gives us, what God is saying by his word and by his spirit will diffuse and will, will change the environment around us. Why? Because the word of God will create faith within us. And we'll be lifted from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And that would change everything in the equation. That would change everything in the, in, in the circumstances around us. So as a corporate body, the church. Now, we, we, will, we will 
have to understand that here is what God is saying. Whatever God says, he says it first and then he performs it. So we may not see so many uh, favorable circumstances in most churches in the world today. Most churches in the world today are not, are not very glorious. You know, not only in numbers, but also in the situations there. When, when I look at a lot of churches, very few churches have um, this very, very wonderful, grandiose circumstances around in terms of the move of the Spirit, infrastructure, like buildings. And, but when I move around, most of our churches are meeting in very rickety buildings. But the thing is that I, I see churches meet in places. And I think, that, I think that if God begins to move the way he says he will, our circumstances will change. Churches meet in some rickety, old, dilapidated buildings. No car park, no car space. And, and, and some of those people, thank God for them. They are so proud of that. Amen. It's good. It's good. It's good. But I'm, I'm, I'm expecting something more from God. And, and most of the churches, don't, they don't have numbers. The numbers they have are people that they took from other churches. They don't even have what it takes to win souls. But see, God is going to move us as a corporate body. Are you listening to me? From strength to strength as a corporate body. That means that God is also going to increase us in numbers. If you look at the original translation of this passage, it also talks about multiplication of the people in Zion. That they will grow in numbers, countless numbers of people. You see, the people of Israel were a small number. But if you count their number around the world, they are a huge number. They multiplied. Anyone or any demon that tried to annihilate them, eliminate them, you know, make sure that they are extinct from the face of the earth. No demon in hell was able to do that. But they grew in strength, from strength to strength, from numbers to numbers, from resource to resource, from wealth to wealth, from power to power, from glory to glory. They are well forced to be reckoned with. They are well superpower. The other day, Netanyahu says that Israel is able to defend itself. If no one will help them. They have what it takes. Israel in the world is a type of the church, you know. The church of Jesus Christ is coming to a place beginning from this, from this, from this time, from this season, from this fall. That the church will be so strong and so powerful. We will be able to stand on our own, defend ourselves. The world is not going to talk us down. For so long, the world has talked the church down. The world is even trying to tell the church what to preach and what not to preach. But there's a God in heaven, and he's the God of the church. And he will raise his people, including you and I here in Omega Church, from grace to grace and strength to strength. Things will change. And you know, God is going to give us numbers. God is going to use you and use me. You know, we say, but we tried everything, but we didn't get it. God, we're going to get the numbers. God is going to stir us up again. And we are not going to be discouraged and sit in our couch and watch tennis. Because we, we want souls and the souls didn't come. So we are not discouraged. We are not going souls anymore. We are not doing soul warming anymore. We are not bringing the warm flax anymore and the cookies anymore. We are tired. We did this and the souls didn't come. And so we are, you know, after church, we go and watch tennis. Or we go to Kitchener and have some fellowship there. No, God is going to stir us up. I said, God is going to what? Stir us up. We're going to go from door to door. We're going to look straight into our neighbor's eye and say that, I want to tell you about Jesus. I want you to know that Jesus died for you. 
I want you to know that Jesus wants you in his house to learn his word and to grow in him. He wants to transform you. He wants to change your life. He wants to break the spirit of alcohol and, and drug addiction and, and, and bring you from darkness into light. God is going to stir us up again. And we're going to have a drive and a motivation and a passion to win our neighbors to the Lord Jesus. We're going to start inviting people to church again. We're going to start handing out, uh, sending handouts to people in, in, in our workplace, in our neighborhood, in our schools again. We're going to be stirred up. Numbers will come into the church. Hallelujah. We will grow from numbers to numbers. Everybody say numbers to numbers. Numbers to numbers. Hallelujah. Here's what is going to happen. Are you still, are you with me? Stay with me. They go, off, they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeared before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God. Now, if you look at verse 6, who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. Now, if you connect verse 6 to verse 7, it will be as though there's a, a pool of river coming forth through a valley and pouring forth into, into Jerusalem. And that pool of water, you know, um, I've been invited to Israel many times. I haven't been. I still want to go. Every year I feel like going. Every year I feel like going. I haven't been yet, but I will be. Amen. But I have a picture of Jerusalem. You know, recently, my visit to, to Ghana, I preached in another church, um, a church that I've been part of since my teenage years, was asked to preach in that church. And whilst I spoke in the church, I was, I was preaching about Jesus and John the Baptist, and there was a Jewish person from Israel in the church that day. And he was, he was a typical Jew. And he promotes tourism to Israel. And after the sermon, he came to talk to me. And the way he he was promoting tourism. And he says, uh, you know, when you go to Israel. He was talking to me as though I've been to Israel several times. Then he says, but you know when you went to Israel? I said, no, I haven't been. He says, have you been to Israel? I said, no, I haven't been to Israel. I said, how come you preach like you've been there every day? You've been staying there every day, you know. He, he was amazed that I've never even been to the place. I said, but I, I read this Bible and I preach it all my life. You know, so I know, I haven't been to Jerusalem yet, but I know what, what it's like in Jerusalem. You believe that? And if you don't believe that, the Jewish guy who lives there all his life, he believed it. He believed that I know something about Jerusalem. Now, the Bible says that as the mountains are run about Jerusalem, as the mountains are run about what? So, if the mountains are run about Jerusalem, what do, you, what, what do you think Jerusalem is located? In a valley. In a valley. So, that gives us an idea. Now, you, you haven't even been, how many of you have been there? Yeah, but you know that it must be where? In a valley. Because mountains are run about it, you know. And so, this is the pool of waters and rain coming down. Coming down into a valley. And this rain and this pool of water is growing from strength to strength. It means that everything in its way will be cleared. Any kind of debris or debris in its way will be cleared. Anything that is, there will be no resistance to the strength of that rain and the strength of that pool. What do you think the rain is talking about here? That pool is talking about here. The move of the Spirit. Spirit of God is going to give strength to Zion. Spirit of God is going to give strength to his people. There are areas that I want to touch on. Just mention it to you quickly and we'll be dealing with that um, in details. God is talking to us here in Psalm, Psalm 84 about moving us from strength to strength. In Romans chapter 1, the Bible says that the gospel gives, imparts to us faith, from faith to what? 
to faith. Amen? Paul says in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation to all those who believe, even to the Jew first and to the Gentiles. Verse 17 says, Wherein the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Okay, we'll, we'll study that, but I want to mention that to you. God is saying in Psalm 84, I'll bring you by my spirit from strength to what? Strength. And in Romans 1, he's talking about the gospel. It is the power of God unto those who believe, wherein the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to what? Faith. So one level to another. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the Bible talks about we all with an open face, beholding even as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are being changed from one degree of glory to another. So you can understand what God is trying to say within this third phase of, 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 of his glory in this uh, uh, century. God is trying to tell us that there's no middle point. There's no stuck. stagnant point, point of stagnation. There's no area in the spirit and in God where we can be stifled or stalled. We cannot be stopped. God wants to move you where you you are, in your spiritual level. He wants to lift you spiritually. He wants to um, elevate you in your spiritual level. He wants to elevate you in your strength. He wants to elevate you in your faith. He wants to elevate you in the glory that he's given you. God will do that for us as individuals and he's going to do that for us as a corporate body. And my prayer is that this message will begin to strike home as we study into it and believe into it and pray into it. Our lives will not be the same. Anytime we get to a point where we think that we, we we know it all, when we say we know it all, and we have it all. And we have experienced it all. That's when we miss God. God is eternal. That means there's not one part of God that is the same. So we can never experience all of God. Never. The Bible says that his ways are passing out. How unsearchable are his judgments. The Bible says, oh, the depth of God. And the height of God. And the breath of God. All those things are are unfathomable. We cannot fathom those things of God. God is so deep, so wide, so high. So we, we, there's a new part of God that we need to experience every time. Amen? And God says he's going to lift us from strength to strength. Here is what is going to begin. Now, as individuals, we need power to overcome. We need power to go through the storm. We need power to go over the wall. Now, here is... God saying he will do for Zion like a pool, like a river, fill up the valley. That's the spirit of God. He's going to move the church. He's going to move his people. So first of all, let's begin with us as individuals. Ephesians chapter 3. In chapter 3 of Ephesians. Are you getting the teaching? In Ephesians chapter 3. Now I'm going to begin to get into the message now. Ephesians chapter 3 verse uh, verse 10. It's just a nice passage. eh? Let's read from verse 1. It's just nice. I love the word of God. How many of you do? Amen. Okay, Ephesians 3 verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me, to you what? How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So we know that it's only the Holy Spirit that can unveil the mystery of the gospel, right? 
Verse 6. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Wherefore, I was made a minister according to the gift of grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, whom I am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of God, of Christ. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world have been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. To the intent that now. Everybody say, to the intent that now. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. That we always talk about Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Is that right? But the principalities and powers must get a certain knowledge. They must be able to get a certain information. And that information can only be delivered to them by the church. The church is supposed to address the principalities and powers, the demonic and the satanic world. The church is supposed to give them some piece of information. Address and present to them some information. What is the information? The Bible says, To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made, might be known, church, might be known by the church. The manifold wisdom of God. We are supposed to present the manifold wisdom of God to principalities and what? And powers. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you which is your glory. <laughs> Oh, we can look into that forever. Verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory. Glory here is translated power. According to the riches of his power, to be strengthened with might, by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in you in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all sins what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled for all the fullness of God now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, well without end. Because of the mystery of the gospel and because of what God has raised the church to be, and because of the assignment of the church, and one of the assignments of the church is that we must demonstrate the manifold wisdom of God to demons, to Satan, and to principalities and powers. Because the principalities and the powers, they are the forces that wrestle against humanity. They are the ones to resist the blessings of God. They are the ones to resist the purposes of God. They are the ones to resist all that God wants to bring into our lives and where God wants us to be. So if God is lifting you to that level he wants you to be, God is causing you to advance to the place he wants you to be, you will be opposed and resisted by principalities and powers. Principalities and powers, they, they cause our dreams and our visions to be stalled. They cause uh, sickness and diseases so that we cannot be energetic and do what we're supposed to be doing. They are the ones that uh, cause lack, want, poverty, and uh, this kind of hand-to-mouth lifestyle. The spirit of insufficiency that we, we don't have enough to build churches. We don't have enough to give to the poor. We don't have enough to uh, do missionary work. That we don't have enough to feed our families. We don't have enough to pay college or uh, uh, university fees. It, it, let's not take things for granted. It's all the, the work of principalities and powers. 
that, that people are bound with addictions, that people are bound with characters and behaviors that are not pleasing to God. These are all the activities of the satanic and the demonic. They want to forestall the plans and the purposes of God. And for the church to be able to demonstrate the manifold wisdom of God to these powers, we need to be strengthened with all might by his spirit in the inner man. It begins with us. Before it goes to the corporate corporate body. Listen, if every one person in the house of God is empowered by the spirit, the Bible says that that pool of rain and water that will come through Jerusalem. That refers to the spirit. In Ezekiel's prophecy, we see the valley of dry bones and how the waters began to fill that valley. And the sinews came together and the bones came together. And, 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 the, and the, the flesh covered the bones. You know, that's, that is an amazing thing. And, and the water began to flood the house of Israel to the, to the ankle, to the knee. And to the waist. And then they begin to swim in the water. It's, it's all about the spirit. It's all about what? The Holy Spirit. Now Paul says that for this cause I bow my knee. For this cause. So Paul says it begins with prayer. That when we begin to pray. Paul says for this cause I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. I have an assignment and I want you to join me in that assignment. That in this season, we will bow our knees to God in prayer. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is saved. That he will grant us according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner being. If all of us are strengthened in our inner man. And then we come together and everybody is empowered in his spirit. What happens? Corporately, there's power here. There's glory here. If every one of you in your family is empowered in your inner man, strengthened in your inner man, every member of the family, when the family is together, the family is strong. Here is what happens. We are not going to be able to do what God wants us to do if we are not encouraged and strengthened in the inner being. Hello? It begins with your spirit. When you, were, when you were born again, you were born again in your heart, in your spirit. You were recreated in your spirit. The new creation is not a new creation on the outside. The new creation is a new creation on the inside. It, it was your inner person, all right? That got recreated. That got born again. Not your outward person. person on the inside got recreated, got born again. Amen? When you got born again, your outward person didn't change. But you are recreated in your spirit. That's where it all begins. Now, there are so many people of different heights. I'm the tallest guy in the church. There's an agreement in this church that I'm, no matter the height of anyone, I'm still the tallest man, right? Okay, so there are different people with different heights, different races, different color. My, I have brown eyes. Somebody has blue eyes. Somebody else has a green eye. They're different people. Our outward appearance is so different. But inside of us, there's a man in the inside of us called the human spirit. That person is a spirit. That person is created in the image and likeness of God. And inside us, we all look like God. On the outside, we may look different, different races, different tribes, different tongue. We speak different language, different accent. Somebody comes from Africa, somebody comes from Asia, another person comes from, from India, Antarctica. People come from different places, from Australia. But when we are born again on the inside, we all look the same. We all look the same. And the inner man is the place where we need to be strong. The inner man is the place where we need to grow up. Because if you can be discouraged inside, you are broken. Strength in the inner person, that is where it all begins. When we were born again, we became new people. New people. You became a new person inside. That new person was like a newborn baby. 
That needs to grow. That needs to develop muscles. That needs to be strong. That needs to be empowered. That needs to receive more of the knowledge of God, more of the wisdom of God, more of this grace of God, more of the anointing of God, more of the spirit of God. So the inside person will never stop growing, never stop being powerful, never stop being anointed. The anointing abides in you, abides where in your spirit. So the enemy will try to discourage you. When we talk about strength, we, strength is not something mental, just not, it's part of it, emotional and mental. But it all begins here. Now God wants us to be strong and develop spiritual strength in the inner person. Emotional stability and mental and psychological stability. Amen. God is raising up tough guys in the church. Strong people in the church. Confident people in the church. Courageous people in the church. No, all that I'm talking about is a thing of the spirit. When we're talking about confidence, confidence is something of the spirit. In the inner man, we're talking about courage. Courage is of the heart. We talk about faith. Faith is of the heart. We talk about strength. We're talking about strength of the heart. And God, my God, my show prahata. God, the church must not be filled with weaklings and Spiritual babes who are not stable, who are not grounded, who are not stabilized in Christ and in the knowledge of God. But people who are strong and empowered and emboldened from within them. That he will strengthen us with might by his spirit according to the riches of his glory with might in the inner person. And the Bible says that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is at work where? In us. It all begins in you. It begins in you. If God will meet your needs, it begins on the condition of your heart. That's what the Bible is saying. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according. According. In relation or in correlation to the activity of the spirit within you. So the level of strength, the level of faith, the level of power, the level of confidence and the level of anointing within you. Relates with, with the provision of God. Directly corresponds to what God will do in your life. So here's what happens. The enemy tries to break people's confidence. The enemy tries to break people's hope, confidence, and faith, and inner strength. The Bible has a lot to say about that. And, and, and these services and these teachings are supposed to diffuse, to diffuse the fear, the discouragement, the lack of confidence and the lack of strength in the inner person. Faith is a spirit. So is fear and unbelief. Fear is a spirit. Unbelief is also a spirit. They can enter your heart. Break your faith. Break your strength. Turn to Proverbs. Let's bring this message to an end. But Proverbs chapter 13. Going through the studies gives me a lot of inspiration and motivation for the next level. I don't know about you, but Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Heart. Everybody say heart. Okay, note that word heart. The heart here is talking about the inner person, the inner spirit. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. When the desire cometh, or what, what you are expecting, when your expectations are fulfilled. Let's look at the second phrase, the second part of the verse. When the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. So the, when desire cometh here means when your expectations are fulfilled. What you are expecting in life, you get it. Then that is like a tree of what? Life. 
What you are expecting, what you long for, what you desire, what you are hoping for, what you are believing for. When that comes to pass, when that is fulfilled, when you get the longings of your heart, it's like a tree of life. But when it is deferred, when your hopes, when something is deferred, it means that it is put on a shelf, postponed. And when people have hopes, hope is a good thing. When people have hopes and it's deferred, to deferred means to be prolonged, put on a shelf for a later date. What happens is that the heart is broken, is sickened. Hope deferred makes the heart what? Sick. When we say that, oh, yeah, we're going to get that great job, and that great job never happened. Our hope and our expectations. Hope is connected to expectation. Hope is connected to faith. Do you know that? Faith is connected to expectation just as hope is connected to expectation. Faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So, faith and hope are connected. The substance of things hoped for and the certainty of things not seen. So, even though we haven't seen it, faith says there's an assurance. There's a certainty. So when we're looking for that longing of our lives to be fulfilled and it's deferred and it's not happening. We're looking for that great result in the seeds that we have sown for so long. We're looking for that great job, that great business breakthrough. We're looking for that great wife to come along. We're looking for that great husband to come along. We're looking for that revival in the church. We're looking for that church growth where hundreds of people, thousands of people will come together where the, the, faith, the, the, the Omega Dome has been built. And it's not happening for how long? Hope deferred. It comes to a point where you think that, oh, 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 uh, uh, you, want to, you want to give up. You want to throw in the towel. You, you want to give up hope. Your heart is sickened. Because that breakthrough is not coming. That, that sanctuary is not being built. That business breakthrough is not coming. But God is saying that don't let your heart be sick because hope is deferred. You know, when we say something is deferred, something, yeah, it's true. Practically, it, it, people get discouraged and so on. So, I mean, it's a fact. That's a, what, the, what the Bible says is a fact, right? But here's the good news about something that is deferred. You go back to it. When you defer your college courses or university courses, you are saying that you're going to go back to it. You're going to revisit it. Huh? You don't, when something is deferred, it doesn't mean that it's gone forever. Oh, it's going to come back to you. So here's what God is saying. Don't let your heart be sick because something that you're expecting to happen is not happening. Because God knows what he's doing. God is going to revisit it. God is going to revisit your case. He's going to revisit your finances. He's going to revisit your marriage. He's going to revisit your business. It's going to revisit your family. It's going to revisit your wife and your children and your husband and everything that is around you that seemed to take so long. So God says that I command you, don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. It's a command. Because he knows that you're going to be discouraged. But he says, I command you, don't be discouraged. Strength is coming to the church. Strength Coming to God's people. Hmm. Now look at. Ha, 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 ha. Here's what we need to maintain. Proverbs 15. Verse 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. But the sorrow of heart. The spirit is broken. Here is what we need to maintain. We need to maintain the spirit of joy. 
The Bible says that a merry heart, your heart, your spirit, some people just smile on their face. I call it a plastic smile. They just smile on their face, but inside their heart, there's sorrow. Sorrow is inside them. Your spirit is broken. The Bible says that joy must well from within you and merry heart. Make of a cheerful countenance. People who have normally have a beautiful heart, a beautiful spirit, a joyful spirit, are so handsome like me. You, a merry heart maketh a cheerful what? Countenance. When your heart is joyful and hopeful and full of faith and expectation, you look younger. You look beautiful. I'm not smiling. My heart is smiling. You don't see my heart. It makes a cheerful countenance. Merry heart. Here's what we need to maintain. Don't lose your joy. In the midst of adverse situations and circumstances, maintain the spirit of joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We're talking about strength here. If you have to be strong, maintain a merry heart. Maintain a joyful spirit. Maintain. You know what? One of the things I've learned in life is that I'm not the one who answers prayer. I'm the one who prays. But I'm not the one who answers prayer. God is the one who answers prayer. So I pray and I wait for he who answers the prayer. That's not my call. That's his call. The answer to the prayer is his call. And the answer hasn't come yet. So what do you do? You are sorrowful, you are sick, and broken in heart, and discouraged. That's not your call. Yours is to pray. So do the praying. And wait for the one that answers the prayer. And he will answer the prayer. He's a faithful God and a righteous God. He knows the timing. He has the timing. He has the plan. He has the blueprint. He has the direction. He has the miracles. He has the whole world in his hands. He has every circumstance under control. Hey, here's one thing about Jesus that I know. He appears in the middle of the storm. He comes with the storm. When the storm is coming, don't you ever think the storm is coming against you all by itself. It's coming with a miracle. It's coming with an answer. He's coming because Jesus comes from the midst of the storm. Isn't it the same truth throughout the Bible? That he waited. Why didn't he stop the king from putting Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego into the fire? He could have stopped them. But he waited until he put them in the fire. And when they were in the fire, three men, but now the king saw four people. He appears in the storm. He appears in the fire. That's his way of doing things. He could have stopped the king and all the king's people and all the officials in the whole of Babylon. Don't you ever put Daniel in the lion's den. He didn't stop. He could have, con- he could have conjured fire to come on the whole palace so that they would not put Daniel in it. But he waited. He waited until they put Daniel in the den. And when they put Daniel in the den, by the spirit and the force of faith from Daniel, the mouth of the lions were shut. So sometimes he's waiting for you to get into the fire. That there will be a fourth man that will appear. He's waiting for you to get into the lions. Then. And when the devil thinks now he's coming. To have you for lunch. He cannot open his mouth. Because there's a God. In heaven. Who saves. Who delivers. Who redeems. Maintain the spirit of joy. Proverbs 17 verse 22. A merry heart doeth good like medicine. A merry heart. Sometimes laughter. Joyful hearts. Can heal your body. When people are sorrowful. And people are depressed. It can affect their bodies. They, they, They don't even. When people are not confident. And hopeful. And full of faith. They may not even respond very well to medication. But when there's prayer, there's faith, there's joy. Ha, ha, ha. A merry heart can heal your body. It doeth good like what? Medicine. What does medicine do to your body? 
heals you. A merry heart also will heal you. A joyful heart can also heal you. A merry heart doeth good like medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Don't ever be discouraged. Don't ever be broken in your heart. Don't ever allow the enemy to sow seeds of failure and discord and, and, and discouragement and dismay. All the this, this, this. Anytime that this comes in, then there's a, a DIS, then there's a negative something coming across. Don't act like you are at ease. That means you are comfortable, strong. When the, the DIS comes before the ease, it becomes a disease. When the DIS comes before the courage, it becomes discouraged. When it comes before the may, it becomes dismay. Cancel the DIS. Delete. The de- delete. Delete. The delete. The DIS. Oh. Am I done? No. One more. Proverbs 18 verse 14. The spirit of man will sustain his infirmity. But a wounded spirit. Who can bear? Verse 20. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. The increase of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit of it. Hallelujah. We are talking about strength. God taking us from strength to strength. Will you ask God today to give you such strength in the name of Jesus and I want you to ask God for this one thing that he will, he will give you that strength for the next level. He will grant you that power for the next level. He will grant you that strength, that power for the next level. Am I getting your attention? Hallelujah. Lift your hands and begin to pray right now. Come on. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, ask God for that inner power. That inner power. Come on, ask God. Raise your hands. Stop. I want you to deal with God. That's why you came to church. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands as I read this scripture over you. Lift up your hands. I want to read the scripture over you. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit, in the inner man say with me heavenly father i stand before you right now and i receive the effectual working of the power of the holy spirit in my inner man that i will be strengthened with might with the power of the holy spirit in my inner person i receive Inner strength, inner power, inner life that comes by the Holy Spirit. According to the working, the effectual working of the power and the activity of the Holy Spirit in my inside. Take me from strength to strength, from grace to grace, from provision to provision. From resources to resources. From, from blessing to blessing. From victory to victory. From promotion to promotion. From favor unto favor. By the working of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Grant me emotional stability. Mental strength. Mental health. Faith, confidence, and boldness in all my activities, in every assignment that you have for me, 
in this season and in the coming season. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or imagine according to the power that worketh in me. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, shout amen. It is done. It is done. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your loved ones. For more information about our church, make sure to visit our website at www.omegachurchcenter.org. God bless you.